Hello, I'm Richard Hurley, Deputy Magazine Editor at the BMJ. From Andrew Wakefield's infamous and now-retracted Lancet study that linked the MMR vaccine to autism, to the fabricated stem cell experiments of Huang Wu-Suk, research fraud can make front-page headlines. But these high-profile examples may be just the tip of an iceberg. Deliberate misconduct by researchers is clearly inexcusable, but in biomedical research, such fraud distorts the evidence base and may lead to real harm to patients. Although misconduct in pharmaceutical company-funded research has been met with fines, are these deterrents enough? In academic research, it is up to institutions to investigate and deal with offenders. Is this enough? Should research fraud be a crime? This is the question debated in our latest head-to-head article on thebmj.com, and I'm joined in the podcast today by the authors. Saying yes is Professor Zulfi Butter. He's at the Centre for Global Child Health at the Hospital for Sick Children in Toronto, and he's founding director of the Centre for Excellence in Women and Child Health at the Aga Khan University in Karachi, Pakistan. And saying no is Professor Julian Crane. He's director of the Asthma Research Group at Wellington University in New Zealand. Well, I was just going to start by asking you, Zulfi, um, you, you proposed that deliberate misconduct in research should be a crime. Um, can, you, can you set out why you hold that view? Uh, yeah, just to clarify, I mean, my, my position is that research fraud, which is perhaps the more severe variant of research misconduct, ought to be treated as a criminal offence. I mean, as, as you're aware, uh, there are many gradients of uh, what is generally classified as research misconduct, and some just related to sloppy research or lack of attention to detail, ethical principles, plagiarism. But there is a category of research misconduct, which is now broadly regarded as research fraud, which is deliberate malfeasance, including, um, uh, you know, uh, laboratory um, uh, manipulation of data, deliberate fraud, and almost in all instances inclusive of, of financial of, um, uh, malfeasance because most of these research projects are grant-funded. So it is that latter category of deliberate research fraud which relates to fabrication, falsification, and uh, principally implications for outcomes and results, which can have huge um, uh, implications for human health. Uh, It is this latter category that I believe is no different from any other forms of frauds, economic fraud and otherwise, where currently the law does regard that as a criminal offence. Julian, I think you disagree. Can you you tell us why why you don't uh, hold the same position as Zulfi? Um, I think that one of the problems is uh, people who deliberately, uh, fraudulently take money are likely, I mean, they're going to be charged anyway. There are all sorts of rules and regulations and laws that apply to employees uh, in any situation. So I think those things, those particular aspects are already uh, likely to be taken care of. I think the difficult situation is actually deciding what is fraud and part of the problem is that if you if you look at the current discourse it's got a much broader categorization and i think you know it blends from really making minor errors and and uh almost unintentional mistakes right through to the deliberate manufacture of data 
But I think whatever you're going to do, it's always going to be possible, whether you make it criminal or not, it's always going to be possible for people to do this. And the only way that you will really have a, an impact on that is to make sure that research is conducted in the most open way possible and to have everybody who's involved in the research enterprise, they need to be aware of what's going on around them. And it's much better to create that sort of culture than to criminalize the very small proportion uh, of this overall scientific fraud that we're talking about. And I think you see the confusion in the discourse. Okay. Just to clarify, were you you saying at the beginning there that there are already criminal sanctions in place for some kinds, some types of research fraud or or aspects of research fraud that have economic um, um, components? As an employee, if you were to obtain a grant and then use it in a totally inappropriate way, such that um, funding was being used, you know, for a completely different purpose than the one for which it was obtained, it's very likely that um, institutions would see that straight away as fraud. And, and, you know, it isn't research fraud, it's just fraud. And I think that's already covered in, in that's covered in employer-employee relationships. Okay, thank you. Zulfi, do you want to come back at all? Yeah, well, I mean, I sadly d- disagree with... Uh, it isn't... I mean, firstly, I think Julian is right. There is a gradient. I also agree that this isn't something which is widespread and, uh, and that we are looking at a very small proportion uh, of cases. And the important thing is that current institutional mechanisms are inadequate. So I don't agree that current processes in universities, academic institutions, research institutions are sufficient in terms of retribution or punitive measures around research fraud that includes economic fraud. If you look at an analysis of five or six major recent Um, instances of fraud that have been brought to light, more often than not, institutions have uh, put in internal mechanisms in place, which have generally not led to criminal prosecution, even when outright fraud has been detected. So in only very few instances have those uh, uh, investigations uh, followed up with some external uh, retribution, even in the case of the famous uh, Korean uh, a fraud which became global news, as, as I mentioned, after the first six to 12 months, uh, the perpetrators were actually slowly, steadily rehabilitated, uh, never really imprisoned or brought to, brought to the books, even though the fellow had uh, um, uh, you know, committed fraud with millions of dollars of funding. So uh, I think this is time for us to sit back dispassionately and see how can we put processes in place where specific fraud, research fraud, which has huge uh, implications for other science funding, can be dealt with in the same way as you would deal with economic fraud or you deal with other instances of fraud at an at, 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 at institutional level. You know, if you're going to bring in a whole group of external criminal investigators to investigate that, the first thing I would suggest is that they're very unlikely to be more successful than an institution. And I accept the fact that at the moment, institutions may not be doing it sufficiently. But ultimately, if you're going to um, bring in the, the law and make it criminal and talk about putting these people in prison, um, you know, what purpose is that actually going to serve? Prisons around the world are bulging with people. 
you know, it's much better to try and prevent this happening in the first place and get rid of those people one way or another much earlier in their careers. So, so how can we better spot fraudsters early in their careers? Well, I think, you know, to some extent that's happening. We've got, there are offices in the UK and the US that are charged with helping institutions to look at that. But I think just by being aware, I mean, some of the, some of the cases that I've cited, I mean, I think it's incumbent on everyone who takes part in the research enterprise to be aware of what's going on around them. You know, if you look at some of these cases, it's obvious that people who were uh, co-authors, uh, contributors, had not the faintest idea what was going on. And I think everybody who's involved in the research enterprise needs to know, you know what is happening, uh, needs to have an environment where questions can be asked early on in the research process. And you need an environment that's conducive to that, uh, for that to happen. Not an environment where you've got the threat of, um, you know, legal sanction um, instead of an open dialogue. What, what do you say, Zolfi? Do you think that the police um, could investigate these kinds of issues? I think clearly uh, there needs to be preventive me uh, measures and much more systematic. And I think I, I believe we are much better off than we were before in terms of um, institutional oversight processes, in terms of awareness within institutions of the possibility of malfeasance, data oversight. Um, but that does not still deter people, particularly people in power. So many of these instances of serious research fraud have not been committed by junior startups, uh, startup researchers. They've been committed by people at the top of the totem pole who have principally got to the top of the totem pole through such practices. So clearly uh, there are issues around how this is being dealt with through the hierarchies of power that there are in, the, in these institutions per se. So I think creating this awareness that severe offenses at one extreme, the ones that I'm referring to, will not be treated any different from other criminal offenses, will be a deterrence and will certainly provide an example. Now, whether or not that criminal proceeding or prosecution leads to imprisonment or something else or severe fines or, or uh, consequences to institutions is another matter that we need to discuss. I think at this point in time, institutions get off relatively scot-free. The one example that I cited of this major global um, drug manufacturer that's recently been banned and fined after in a whistleblower principally indicated that they had continued for years to falsify, falsify trial data, something that you and I will just blindly believe. Now, what do you want to do with an organization like that? Slap them on their wrist, maybe make a fine. I think at times when these instances happen that affect public health, global health, and populations at large, there needs to be a retribution, which is no different from commission of offenses in other areas, and some people ought to go to prison for that. So I think creating this gradient of offenses and retribution thereof is no different from many other areas, and if applied properly, I don't think it should principally create a huge bureaucracy. You don't support um, criminalisation of research fraud, Julian, but what, what else could be done to strengthen the situation to either help institutions or other bodies to, to police this better? Do you, do you have any other suggestions for, for how no, things could I, be I mean, improved? I, I think it's the sort of thing that's happening anyway, to some extent. Uh, I mean, I think part of the problem is that, that 
not for all, but for many cases of research fraud, as soon as somebody comes to try and replicate, people, you know, can't repeat things, people start to question. And, I, and so I think that, you know, we have an environment in which, not always, but, but often, those sort of um, uh, issues do come to light. And I see that as a much more important method of deterrence. I mean, if I thought for a minute that if you took those who had committed this, you know, obvious research fraud, if I thought that putting, putting particular sanctions against them and their institution would stop it, I would be for it. But I just don't think it will. Zulfi, do you have any final words on this? I still believe that unless we make an example of very obvious, severe instances of research fraud, where there are, you know, huge consequences for not just health, but also for science, that we are going to continue to see these cases occur and that for institutions to brush these under the carpet and only a small fraction come to light when an occasional whistleblower goes public or the media picks, picks up the trail. So we have Professor Zulfi Butta arguing yes and Professor Julian Crane arguing no. You can read the article in full on thebmj.com and as always, we'd love to hear your views. So send us a rapid response. We republish the most interesting as formal letters to the editor.